0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter, and today we're going to discuss um, some issues with my son, Joseph uh, D'Agostino, who has some really good insights. Let me tell you how good his insights were. Uh, the um, Some years ago, uh, quite a few years ago, maybe 20 or more years ago, he uh, foresaw 2020 as being the last free election, if indeed it was going to be free. He was very uh, pessimistic about the, uh, what was going on in the country, the direction of the country. And I was a lot more optimistic than he was. I said, well, we have problems, we have this, we have that. Uh, but, of course, since that time, <clears throat> the Democratic Party, has adopted a religion, progressivism, which is, of course, uh, based on cultural Marxism. So you have a cultural Marxist uh, progressive uh, party in power uh, with uh, all the uh, the acc- accoutrements of, of a religion. Uh, sacrament, infanticide, we've talked about before, uh, and, and the uh, myths, magic. Boys can be girls, girls can be go- boys. The myth that uh, policemen are out-slaughtering young black males. All sorts of stuff that's uh, that, that's in the hopper. And we've talked about that before. But today we're going to talk about something related, but a little bit different. Joe, you there? I'm here. Okay. We were talking about something very interesting last night. Why don't you pick it up from there?
1: Uh, well, I don't remember everything we talked about last night, but I did... Uh since 1990 30 uh, years ago i i did say you know this is back in high school and actually before that year but starting in 1990 i was telling people to to pay pay attention that 2020 would be by the year 2020 america would end as we knew it and of course it's debatable whether you know what where exactly you want to draw the line to where america ended as as you know it but it's certainly plausible that uh, it happened last year, and if it didn't happen last year, it's certainly going to happen soon, because you know, last year, the government uh, now uh, took the uh, right and power to tell people whether or not they can see their own family and friends in their own homes, right? They've taken the power to decide whether or not people can go bankrupt with their small business or not, whether or not people can run their business, right? Law-abiding people, whether you can travel uh, whether you can go to church, uh, whether or not you can sing in church, or how people are seated in church, and so on and so forth. So now the government has the power to make these decisions, right, including, uh, such as for here in Virginia, where I'm currently living, whether or not you can see your own family and friends in your own home. Uh, whether or not you're allowed to be out during certain hours there's a curfew here between 12 a.m and 5 a.m for example not allowed to be outside of your home unless you uh, meet a certain certain exceptions and of course we had uh, in the presidential election that appears very blatantly to have been stolen um, they're not they didn't really go to much effort to hide it as
0: perhaps they've done in earlier elections such as 1960. Um, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Wait wait a minute. We'll stop there for a minute. People don't realize 1960 was an interesting election and that clearly uh, Illinois was stolen from Nixon and given to Kennedy. That was clearly. And the big dispute was whether Texas was stolen. If Texas uh, had gone for Nixon, Nixon would have been elected president, not Kennedy. And I think uh, there's a good story about uh, Dewey, Thomas Dewey, uh, holding a meeting and, and uh, talking about Texas and whether they should challenge the election, they they felt they had enough uh, evidence to uh, uh, <clears throat> to uh, upend the result in Illinois. But uh, the question in Texas was was a more difficult one, and Nixon uh, said not to challenge it. He said that it would take too long, it would be too disruptive, and it was too iffy to to challenge that. So so people think that uh, Kennedy won the election. Electoral college, and also he won narrowly in the uh, popular vote, which is also not true, by the way. And I'm not just talking about uh, the fraudulent voting that the Democrats always engage in, but in terms of Alabama, and people forget that Alabama was won by the uh, uh, AP, electoral uh, uh, unpledged uh, delegation. And when it became clear that Kennedy, that Alabama couldn't do anything about Kennedy winning they decided to throw their lot in with Kennedy. So Kennedy got the the, uh, the, the popular vote of the unpledged uh, delegation as well as those who voted for him in Alabama. So it's an mm-hmm. interesting election. Things are a little more complicated than they sometimes seem. But yes, the Democrats are expert at stealing elections. They stole the center seat in, in uh, Louisiana, uh, Woody Jenkins. Uh, they stole the governorship in in, in uh Washington, they stole a Senate seat in uh, Minnesota when Al Franken was first elected over Norm Coleman. They sent a congressional seat in Indiana, McIntyre. Uh, so they, they're they're really good at stealing close elections. Uh, however, this this election was a little bit different. It didn't seem to be close until Trump lost it, and he lost by a good goodly margin. So it's hard to say if there was enough fraud and illegal voting to have turned the election. But uh, certainly seems to be a lot of evidence in that direction. Okay, Joe, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but uh, go ahead. (laughs) Right. So uh,
1: I I think that the the sort of people who govern the country and the direction of the country has has been obvious for some time, and it's very consistent, of course, with centuries-long trends, literally since certain trends since the 14th century. And we have um, now, what's really different is how obvious that they're making it, right? So we have a mild virus, um, COVID-19, causing uh, COVID-19, assuming it does cause COVID-19. And it's not particularly dangerous uh, compared to many other diseases or, or even the severe uh, flu. Uh, it's the kind of thing that goes to the world every few years. You know, every few years, we have an exceptionally Bad flu season, or we have swine flu, or the avian flu, or you know we have other things—Ebola, you know, West Nile, Zika. Uh, this is just uh, the way it, it is. This is life, right? And it has been for thousands of years, and um, so they seized upon this not particularly, not exceptionally dangerous uh, disease, actually considerably less dangerous, perhaps, really than many strains of the flu because it tends to kill people already old and sick more than the strains of the flu do, so these are people already on the verge of death, um, and did the biggest, what many people say, is the biggest peacetime uh, power grab in the history of maybe the world, but certainly the country, you know, so they say. So you think about how much power the government has accumulated in the past year, without any war or civil war or anything to justify it. It really is extraordinary. And, of course, enormous amounts of money. The the government is spending trillions of more dollars, uh, uh, injecting trillions more into corporations and the stock market uh, to the politically favored people. Uh, And, uh, of course, billionaires have gotten trillions of dollars richer while everyone else has lost money. Um, So it's a big uh, upward wealth transfer, perhaps the biggest and fastest upward wealth transfer, again, in peacetime history, in the entire history of humanity. It's very possible that actually, other than certain periods of war, there never has been as rapid a transfer of wealth to the extremely wealthy as has happened in uh, America and Western Europe in the past year. Um, So... I think it's amusing to hear people who talk about how uh, the history of humanity is the history of progress. I think that's very funny, and I think it's especially become even more funny in the past year. But certainly we've seen these very dramatic changes, and I think that what a lot of people need to understand is these changes are permanent, right? Um the the Democrats and the left are not going to lose elections to people they don't like in the future. It's just not going to happen. Um, they're not going to give up the COVID control. Uh, these 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 measures of deciding who you can see, whether you can see your family and friends, etc. These are permanent changes. They will not be reversed as long as our current ruling class
0: continues to rule the country. Well, I what the, it, it, there's nothing that can be done. I mean, when you, the way you talk, these are permanent changes. And you know, Ben Franklin said, "You know, you have a republic if you can keep it." He also predicted, prophesized that you wouldn't keep it in the long run. That uh, no. a non-virtuous people. Well, nothing, la- keep
1: nothing it. lasts forever. So it's it's a trivial to predict that in the long run you won't have it anymore, right? It's a trivial prediction. Like right? nothing is nothing on this earth lasts forever, right? So you know, you, you're going to make specific predictions. You're going to need to you know get to, to actually show that you know something rather, rather vague position predictions like eventually the American Republic will end right so it's not the case you can't do anything right so I did say that as long as our current ruling class is in charge right so options include replacing the current ruling class one way or, or another
0: let me uh, ask you another a question option. I, I, no mm-hmm? no wait, wait before we go to the options you talk about a ruling class. Who is the ruling class? What, uh, what, in your view, uh, are really calling the shots? Uh, not only here, but in Western Europe too, apparently. Uh, and of course, there's been a rebellion a little bit uh, in Western Europe by, by Great Britain. But uh, who, who 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 is the ruling class? What who
1: who are they? Well, the Washington Post ran an article some years ago saying six thousand people run the world. <coughs> right, so. Now, the world's approximately, I guess at the time, 7 billion people, about 7 billion people at the time this article was written, now it's about 7.5, maybe 7.7 billion people. 6,000 of them are actually running the world, right? So, in terms of the visible members of the people running the world, we have, you know, top-level executives at investment banks, right, such as in New York and London, (coughs) excuse me, we have... Uh, You know, heads of large corporations, particularly the ones with a lot of cultural influence, like the big tech companies, Um, will have, you know, uh, media executives, right? Six corporations control 80% of the media, for example, so the people making the decisions there. The deep state and intelligence agencies, right, the (laughs) bureaucrats and people, top bureaucrats and people within the deep state, um, the intelligence agencies and you know FBI, CIA, and people people like that uh, in the military, these people obviously have a lot of power and control, and they, they acquire, uh, as bureaucrats, as government employees, they, they tend to acquire enormous amounts of money through mysterious means. And also, when they ever leave government employee they tend to make enormous amounts of money, just like the, you know, retired generals and admirals, almost all of them end up on the boards of defense contractors and, and so on and so forth. So... In terms of the visible people, we have the bankers, we have the corporate executives, the media uh, executives, uh, deep state. Um, I don't think very many politicians are that important. I think you might have a few that might be important, like, say, Mitch McConnell. But by and large, politicians are hired actors um, who don't really have much power or control. They do as they're told. Congress doesn't
0: write its own legislation. People outside Congress well, who, write legislation. who, who tells them? Who, I mean, how do they get the message? I, I mean, there's a way of getting message. just because a, an atmosphere is created. And, and you know, you know, I always tell somebody, I said, how do you know what with tie to wear? Is there a wide tie, a short tie, a skinny tie? How do you know? And and the, the style of ties changes over time. Nobody tells you to wear a big tie or a little tie or a short right. tie or a wide tie. But it happens. So
1: this it happens, is and I think I think that's usually how things work: is an atmosphere is created, right? If you go to Washington and you work in Washington politics, whether you're a staff member, whether you're a member of Congress, or whatever it is, media, you know already based on the culture what you should say and do to get ahead, right? If you want to get ahead in the mainstream media, you're not going to be hard hitting against the Democratic Party, right? No one has to tell you that, right? If you're a halfway perceptive person, you see that the people who advance in their careers in political right. media in Washington are people who are sympathetic to the Democratic Party, very unsympathetic to conservatives, especially extremely unsympathetic to populists and Trump supporters, right? So you know what you're supposed to think about homosexual behavior. You know what you're supposed to think about abortion, right? No one has to tell you, right? It's obvious. the People talk and act and what happens. You know, you just observe. No one really has to just come to you and say you're not allowed to write anything that might be pro-life, right? Or you're not allowed to write anything that that would cast populists in a positive light. I mean, people don't you know, don't need to be told that. Time right? to break um, because it's obvious if you pay even a little bit of attention. So it's mostly um, a consensus rather than a conspiracy, so to speak. But I think there, are, you know, when you look at um, how though government policy is so incredibly slanted towards a small group of very ultra-rich people? There has to be some conspiracy involved. I mean, it just can't be consensus or or doing things um, just by by culture because it, it is so slanted, right? And the way the media just covers up for so many things and the, and the level of hypocrisy where liberals talking about how they want to help black people, they want to help poor people, et cetera, et cetera, and they never actually do. Right, it's and very consistently. So, Uh, I I really think there's a you know a pretty small club. You know, they all go to the same parties in Georgetown, right? They all they all go to the same vacation spots, right, and hang out, you know, uh, so on and so forth. It's a it's a it's a relatively small club of people that that has its own interests, right? As Marx would say, class consciousness, right? They have class consciousness, and uh, you know, when, when a very small group of people control enormous amounts of money. Um, and control the means of cultural production, as Lenin put it, right—the uh, media and entertainment and, and so on, and schools, etc. It's actually easy to just sort of get people to do what you want without even necessarily even telling them. But I do think that uh, at the top, you're going to—you you do have a lot of stuff, you know, happening. And you know, like I said, Congress doesn't write its own legislation by and large. Other people—I've and I've heard people who worked in Congress—they've you know, told me this, right—that. The legislation gets presented to them by large corporations or the, the executive branch, and then Congress makes maybe a few minor changes and passes it. Right? As uh, Congressman Justin Amash, or recently ex Congressman Justin Amash, who was a libertarian, put
0: it, "Congress is an illusion." Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. I, because I was in the uh, Reagan administration, and uh, I was uh, witness to some of this. It was nothing like it is today. But uh, that's true. Uh, the outside groups, lobbying groups, corporate groups, and now you have the major uh, social media, uh, Google, Facebook, uh, you know, uh, Twitter, and uh, they have enormous, enormous influence, not to mention Amazon, which is spreading its tentacles all over the world. Uh, enormous, enormous uh, influence on what goes on. And, you know, as Jesse Helms, Senator Jesse Helms... Uh, late of North Carolina I, was, I talked to him at one point and uh, he made a point, he says, look if, if you want to go to the parties in Washington, you have to grow which means you have to become more liberal you have to adopt their atti- cultural attitudes and Jesse said, I don't care about not being invited to the parties <laughs> Right, right that's a very
1: rare person, right? yeah so such people are very rare in politics. They tend to be rare in life in general, but they 're especially rare in politics where basically you need the money and you need the positive media co- coverage to succeed right so it 's very difficult to succeed in politics based just on small donors based on you know the media is always attacking you or ignoring you, which can be worse than being attacked if you know the establishment of your own party is working against you as the Republicans do against um true believing populist etc so it's very very difficult to to be successful in any field and particularly in politics um if okay before we go to,
0: before before we go further uh, i believe uh, we're up against a break okay yep we'll take it we'll be back right after this hi this is steve Ronaldo, host of the classic car show on america's web radio uh just talking to you about anti-car insurance i think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car consider jc taylor insurance i have been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby when you get ready for insurance call jc taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the internet
2: the disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction, or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: This is Professor D'Agostino, back with the Facts Matter. I have as my guest, my son Joseph, who's um, been studying this issue of the essentially the decline of Western civilization, the decline of uh, Christian civilization for, for many, many years. And he did mention the word, sometimes there is a conspiracy. And if you take a look at what they attempted to do to Trump, President Trump, and some of the emails that have now come out, there certainly was a conspiracy. Comey was involved in it. Uh, Clapper was involved in it. Strzok and the other people, they were involved in it, and they coordinated this. And so there was, at least on that level, uh, the, the get-Trump level, there was a conspiracy. And the conspiracy was in, involved the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the CIA. And, and I think, uh, well, Joe... Uh, I think it's pretty obvious now that the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, Department of Justice, the IRS are all completely corrupted, politicized. What do you think? Well, sure. I mean, it's been that way for decades.
1: It's just more obvious now, right? And more conservatives are seeing it. And it's more obvious for various reasons. One is a lot of these people are into uh, a cult cult. Uh, ways of thinking and reveal the revelation of the method as part of a cult practice, like Freemasons and, you know, Satanists, etc., um, uh, Church of Scientology, I'm sure, that kind of thing. And so, you know, the revelation of the method is part of their their modus operandi. And another thing is, they just don't need to hide it anymore, right? So I think this will help understand like what's going on and what you're seeing and a lot of why it's so obvious. If somebody put it, you know, after January 20th, the rhetoric isn't for you anymore, right? Um, your people have been totally defeated, right? So conservatives, Christians, etc., have been totally defeated and the left and the establishment don't need to appeal to any of us anymore, right? They're just talking to their base now, right? They are just talking to their own people. And that's why the rhetoric, you know, just today I was reading about how the Republican Party acts as a terrorist cell, and if it was in Afghanistan, we'd be bombing it, right? That's the way these people are talking now, right? I mean, they're literally talking about mass murdering their fellow Americans who disagree with them politically, just that they're just they're Republicans, right? <laughs> right? Uh, and then, of course, they say even worse things about Trump supporting Republicans and so on and so forth. So, um it's reached the point where they don't believe they need us anymore. and They don't need to mollify us anymore, right? And I think they're correct. I mean, the fact is conservatives let them steal a presidential election. Conservatives let them put on all these COVID restrictions. A lot of conservatives supported giving the government the power over this, right? Um, so on and so forth. So I think the oligarchs, who are the true rulers here, right? The ultra-rich oligarchs, it's not the left. The oligarchs fund the left. The oligarchs control the left. Yeah. Uh, it's always been that way. Right? So the oligarchs you know, recognize they no longer need to even mollify Christians and conservatives anymore, even rhetorically, they don't even, you know, except you know, few, few exceptions remaining. By and large, the rhetoric is not for us anymore. They're exclusively talking to their base and their activists, etc., in preparation for turning America into a totalitarian Marxist state like China makes it worse. And the way to avoid that, obviously, is, you know, replacing the ruling class one way or another. One way, of course, is to dislodge it from its control over all of America. But I actually, I think that there's an easier or more plausible way, which is, and I'm writing a book about this, is Christians and conservatives need to move to a region in the country, perhaps the Mountain West, perhaps part of Appalachia. The Mountain West seems like the best option to create their own communities, to make sure that the states there support liberty, um, and eventually to, you know, partition America in a way that is legal and peaceful and constitutional. Right? It can be done through a negotiated settlement among various different groups in America with the federal government, right? So it can be done legally, peacefully, and constitutionally through a constitutional amendment if necessary where different parts of the country just go their separate ways politically. And I think that really is going to have to be this partition of breaking America up, breaking the United States up into several independent nations, is really the only positive long-term solution, because it's obvious that the oligarchs and liberals are not interested in uh, conservative views or accommodating um, conservatives are Christians, and they say so quite openly. It's not just something you deduce from what they say and do. They very explicitly say <laughs> that we're tired of you. We don't want to talk to you anymore. You're evil, and, and, etc. And I think we should grant them their wish and uh, live separately, live in a separate country. And then the rest, you know, the liberals can have their own part of the country and scream racist at each other for eternity.
0: Well, that's what they would do. And by the way, I, I think I just want to clarify one thing. I, you know the Republicans keep talking about the Democrats uh, socialism, socialism, socialism. Technically, that's not it. It's corporatism. In other words, it's it's an alliance of the major global corporations, including the, the tech giants, and essentially ruling the world with all their wealth, concentration of wealth, the bankers, the uh, the financial manipulators, you know, the uh, investment bankers hedge fund managers global corporations ones that don't really produce much and who, who regard people as either commodities or or customers or both so ordinary folks became commodities and and and, uh, and customers and if their co- ordinary folks are commodities you go where the commodity is cheapest and and all this globalism this corporate globalism it needs a Military backing needs backing uh, uh, by government, and that government is obviously going to be China. So we, we're going to have a uh, a corporate takeover of the world, backed by China, and corporatism, not socialism, because the the uh, the ostensibly the the the, uh, pr- the corporations will be in private hands, but they'll be doing. <laughs> Either the government will be doing their bidding or they or they will be doing the government's bidding. it would be kind of a reciprocal relationship. That's what I think, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Obviously, uh, the Chinese
1: government um, has influence. They own a lot of our politicians, including Joe Biden, right? It's perfectly obvious, right? It's not really disputable. Um, and well, he's, yeah,
0: he's, Joe Biden uh, said yeah. that uh, killing all these Uyghurs and, and, and Christians just a cultural thing, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and his son Hunter has taken millions from the Chinese, and his brother James has, has done deals with the Chinese, and we have emails from Hunter where he says that he forwards a lot of the money on to the rest of the family, right? And uh, as far as I know, no one's ever denied the authenticity of these emails. Um so, you know, it all came out before the election in the New York Post and other places. And so we have someone you know, whose family, and seemingly he himself, indirectly through his son, is, is getting money from, from China as well as China, owning a lot of other members of the uh, Democratic Party. You remember that Congressman Eric Swalwell got a promotion when it came out that he was uh, having an affair with a Chinese spy, right? Um, and so, you know, the, clearly the Democratic Party doesn't care, and of course, a lot of people in the Republican Party, you know, Mitch McConnell's family business is, uh, does a lot of business in uh, China, right? Uh, so, you know, there's very strong interest there. Um, and so, you know, we have the foreign interest, the Chinese have a lot of, uh, you know, influence interest here, the Arabs do, Israel does, right? I mean, when you have a, a capitalist country like America, things, everything tends to be for sale. And so... It's, a lot of it's been sold to very bad domestic actors and also to very bad foreign actors, which is another reason why I think America is over. Uh, and it really is time to move on to a post-American uh, conception and to think about how to shape that. And I think that um, because the powers that be control almost everything of, of cultural and financial importance in this country, Really what has to happen is Christians and conservatives and the ones who need to leave, right, to sort of go to, to a region that's already somewhat conservative and so on and so forth, where there's a lot of land that's inexpensive, a lot of empty space, and uh, turn into a region that's good for Christians and conservatives with an eye to that uh, partition of America when the time comes. And I think it's very possible that foreign actors like China, maybe Russia and others, would want to see the United States break up, So that they wouldn't have the global power, global superpower rivaling their own power, right? So with these foreign and foreign governments that have so much influence over our own government and and over you know corporations that they do business with, et cetera, they support breaking up America. That makes it that much more likely to
0: happen. Well, yeah, I I think, and certainly the view of uh, the the Facebook and the Zuckerbergs and the. the Gates and, and the rest of them, uh, the Sergey Brin and Larry Parker, you know, Twitter, uh, all and certainly Jeff Bezos, is that people are interchangeable. They're merely commodities and customers. So commodities to be used, the cheaper the better. So you, you shift jobs to where labor is cheaper and you disrupt communities, but who cares? Uh, and, and, and there's billion, well, 1.3 billion potential customers in China. It's only 330 million in this country. So in terms of uh, uh, looking for markets, the United States becomes less important as time goes on with the rise of India. Of course, India has a, a populist government right now and might resist some of this globalization, some of this takeover by international corporations, uh, protected and fostered by, by China. Uh, I don't know. Uh, where, 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 are, where is their reaction to, to what's going on? Certainly not much in this country. No, it's not organized.
1: I mean, the, the good thing, and, and Trump is very helpful with this, but also the past year has been, been helpful. You know, tens of millions of more people do understand the situation a lot better. right? They're very disillusioned with the government. They see things are, are going in the wrong way. Uh, but the thing is, people are going to have to get organized and do something. You know, my suggestion, of course, is moving to a certain region of the country and establishing their own communities and, con- you know, controlling those states politically, so you can, you know, have some, you know, freedom, etc. Uh,
0: but wasn't that tried government. once? W- wasn't I tried once with Vermont some years ago? There was this idea that uh, conservatives would all move to Vermont. It was a small state, pretty state, and. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, I or think
1: it's a liberal country. state, right? You want to start with states really. like Montana or Wyoming, Idaho, right? That are already conservative, right? There's a lot more sympathy there. Um, and I think it, right now, though, you know, we've progressed to such a, or degenerated to such a level, I think people are much more open to this idea than before, right? Because the fact is everything's getting worse now. People's standard of living is going down. People's freedoms are constricting rapidly. The political situation is just getting, it's gotten completely ridiculous, right? Crime is skyrocketing in dozens of big cities and certain other places as well. Illegal immigrants are going to start flooding in again and begin an amnesty, right? So everything's getting worse very, very rapidly, whether it's, you know, people's standard of living, their fear of crime, their, you know, political freedom, etc. But I think a lot more conservatives, you know, and Christians and just others who just don't like the system, right, the current system and how it's getting worse, I think there's just a lot more people open to these ideas, and if they don't act on them, then they're just going to continue to live in this society ruled by oligarchs who just don't care about them, right? So I think, you know, we're in a much, you know, back when, when people's standard of living are going up and crime is going down, you know, even if political freedom is constricting, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, the things are okay, right? At this point, everything's getting worse. Assuming that does not reverse, which I don't think it will, I think things will continue to get worse. I think more and more people will be open to it. And I certainly need to pick a region not like Vermont. I need to pick a region where there's already a lot of sympathy towards conservative points of view.
0: Well, certainly the Biden administration has uh, demonstrated that they have no concern whatsoever for ordinary folks. They killed the the pipeline. I mean, killing the pipeline was ridiculous. (laughs) That's the cleanest way to move oil. Now you're going to move oil in, by, by railroad car, by trucks? Are you out of your mind? And, and right, so the Warren,
1: keep... the Warren Buffett makes a lot of money by Biden's action, and I'm sure other people who gave Biden a lot of campaign contributions make a lot of money from this. I'm sure there's a whole series of interests who benefit financially for this, which is one reason why Biden did it. And the other reason why Biden, of course, is the posture is environmentally responsible, which, of course, it isn't environmentally responsible. But the environmentalists and the media don't care about the environment, right? One thing people need to realize is that liberals don't mean anything that they say, right? Just about everything a liberal says is a lie, right? I don't mean you're liberal down the street who doesn't really understand anything about on into politics, but I mean you're committed liberal, right? They say they care about black people, and yet they support riots in black neighborhoods that destroyed countless black neighborhoods this past summer break now the violent crime rate is way out of control right and most of the victims dying from the increased crime are black right and who what black person was actually had his life improved by the antifa BLM riot zero right i mean it didn't do anything right it's only been negative right so they say they care about black people but they obviously don't right they say they care about the environment but they obviously don't Uh, You know, they say they care about, you know, know, income inequality and all that. Income inequality is worse in blue states than it is in red states, and it's growing rapidly now in America, right, because of the COVID lockdown. But, you know, you don't hear, you only hear the left of the liberals complaining about that, and they want to keep the lockdown, as a matter of fact, despite the fact that we have vaccines, right? Uh, So on and so forth, right? So everything, just about everything, not quite everything, but just about everything they say, it's, it's Orwellian. It's really the opposite is true
0: you know it's kind of very interesting uh in terms of this concentration of wealth since 1978 uh the real income of average workers has increased about 11% mostly under Trump uh, of course the, those figures are reversed with not, these are figures up to 2018 figures and so they've increased the the actually the compensation of the CEOs of the major corporations in the same period, where ordinary workers had an increase of eleven percent, their compensation increased nine hundred and forty percent. Yeah.
1: Well, you, 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 see, you see,
0: Why not opt for a corporate system? Get rid of competition. Treat people as commodities. Right. Cooperate. A lot with of the it depends.
1: Yeah, on, on what class you're in and what you what you do. Like people who more bourgeois people, middle class people work from home, you know, may have done fine in the with the lockdowns,
0: right? Hold on, um, I think we're up against a break. Dave? Okay. I think it's yep. break time. Yep. We'll we'll take a break and uh, we'll be right back.
1: Okay. Quick states.
0: This is Professor Robert D'Agostino again with New Facts Matter. I'm talking to my son, uh, who's got a really comprehensive historical perspective on what's going on. Uh, Obviously, uh, what you're hearing is uh, pretty pessimistic in terms of the future of the country. But, uh, you know, uh, what did uh, T.S. Eliot say? There are no lost causes because there are no won causes. And who knows? Things could change things could uh, change in 50 years from now, or maybe 20 years from now, when we could have uh, ma- country split. Up. Look, a lot of people are now writing about the country splitting up. And I know that some years ago, there was an interesting uh, article or, or book about the country splitting into five parts. But this is 25, 30, 40 years ago, when there was really cultural differences uh, and, and in the various parts of the country, and there wasn't such a, a movement of people, I mean, I'll look at Georgia. Georgia's had a huge influx of Northerners. They come down to Georgia. Why? Because they want opportunity. And they bring the same political nonsense uh, from New York and from Illinois and from New Jersey, and they start voting the same way. And so, you know, so I guess the, the ultimate thing is to attempt to wreck Georgia, uh, which is right now a beacon, particularly a beacon for minorities, as, as a, a state of opportunity. And what about Florida. Uh, who handled covid better than most uh, states and uh, now they're a target of the biden administration which brings me to uh... andrew cuomo joe what's going on with andrew cuomo why are they putting hanging him out to dry
1: Um, i'm not sure obviously it's not because they care about the truth we can certainly dismiss that as a possibility um, they covered up for Cuomo all last year when he was murdering, uh, mass murdering thousands of elderly people in nursing homes quite deliberately, uh, but now they don't like him anymore. Um, my guess is that he's offended the wrong people higher up on the food chain, and uh, he's known for having a terrible temper and really being very nasty to people behind the scenes and so on and so forth, and uh, maybe he was just nasty to the wrong people, and they just had enough of him. Uh, maybe it's just uh, in, you know factional infighting within the Democratic Party, and Cuomo's faction is losing out. It may also be that they don't want any white men as potential presidential contenders within the Democratic Party, right? Because they're moving on from that. They're, they're obviously become explicitly anti-white uh, and want to uh, eliminate uh, the influence of uh, white people uh, and so on. And so Cuomo would would be well. well that a, doesn't know, make obvi- sense
0: because. That doesn't make sense, because uh, the, the the very wealthy of the world are almost all white. They're almost all, well, I mean, well, Jeff Bezos, they're course, all white. Of
1: course. of course, it's uh, it's the usual lie, right? But they want to have it as their PR stunt, right? <laughs> it's a PR stunt, right? So, I mean, I was a little surprised even when they even picked Joe Biden to be president, uh, given that he's a white man. Um, but... He's going to die or be forced to resign for health reasons fairly soon, I think. And then we will have a non-white president. And, a, you know, I don't know if the Democrats will ever nominate a white person for president again. So, you know, it could be. I'm speculating. I don't know why right, they're going after Cuomo. But uh, since we
0: know well, it's not just, because of the truth. It, 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 well, but it could be because so many people were uh, uh, hurt by Cuomo's action. So many people uh, lost their loved ones because of Cuomo's action that you just couldn't hold back the uh, the, the, the public uh, dissatisfaction with him any longer. I think that happens, too. I think that's, that happens. Uh, I mean, ha- why did Harvey Weinstein finally get his come up? It's just too many people just came out of the woodwork and said, enough's enough. And and, and there's a tipping point when that happens. And, of course, Jeffrey Epstein, of course, a lot of people think he was killed in prison because he knew too much. Uh, but uh, I think at, at one point there is a rebellion by a lot of people who've been mishandled, mis- mistreated, intimidated, who've, who've lost things because of uh, the actions of these people, and, 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 and busts open. So I think uh, the, the, the left has to sometimes throw... Uh, Throw someone under the bus, and I think it's Cuomo's turn.
1: Well, I, I, but why Cuomo? I mean, you, you see how long and how thoroughly they've covered for Bill Clinton, right, and Hillary Clinton, right? Um, all the corruption and the lies and, and mysterious deaths and you know drug running. I mean, just a uh, just extraordinary thing. Not to mention the illegal email server, right, and so on and so forth. Um, so you know, you see how long and how thoroughly they've covered up for, for Bill and Hillary Clinton. You see how long they maintain various obvious hoaxes, like uh, you know, global warming hoax, right? Um, uh, you, you know, people don't even talk. Even the conservatives don't talk anymore about the hack of the University of East Anglia emails, where the leading scientists for global warming were admitting to each other in the emails that the data did not back up their theories. and they we're going to need to falsify <laughs> falsify their their presentations, right? So, you know, the fraud was exposed, and, you know, nobody cares. Not even conservatives talk about that anymore, I mean, which is a bit mysterious to me. You know, those, those emails were, were hacked and revealed to the world. So, they, you know, the global warming hoax continues. Uh, we've got the hoax about the so-called insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th, when obviously it was not an insurrection, right? They didn't deliberately kill anybody. They didn't even brandish any firearms, right? You know, some insurrection. There's right? a bunch of protesters who got a little too uh, uh, boisterous. The only person to live. Well, of course the
0: they, they had to. They had to call it. Had to Call it an insurrection to cover up the the fact that they called all the real violence that happened in the summer protests, burning down exactly. cities. That's a protest, right? Yeah. So, this so, is a way, and they continue this is a way, right. wait, wait. Yeah, but I think this is it's it's obviously they've militarized Washington D.C. for a reason, and and the the and what is that reason, Joe? What is that reason? Why have they done this? Militarized Washington D.C. What is it a prelude to? Well,
1: I, I think if you, you you look historically and you sort of look at it on its face, that it's a prelude towards their transition to making uh, America a totalitarian Marxist state. And they've got to have to protect the capital from attacks by rebels by freedom fighters, right? So, freedom fighters attack the capital, assuming the transition happens, right? I'm not saying it's happening now, but you know, it looks like they're getting ready to do that. You could say it's leading up to that sort of transition to the transition. You need to have troops there. It also frightens people, right? It continues to make people think there's a real threat. Another possibility is that they're preparing for more false flag attacks, where the CIA or the FBI are going to have some of their uh, agents or their crazy people that they seduce into becoming terrorists like they've often done in the past, go and attack targets in Washington, maybe attack these national guard targets in Washington to then justify the um, Taking away more freedom, gun control, etc. Right? So, well, wait a you know, minute. The, 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 the new can...
0: Secretary of Defense makes it very plain that he's going to purge the military of uh, extremists, which, of course, mean, means means, guess means Republicans. So, the the leadership of the military, you can't be a if you voted for Trump, you're finished. If you're even a Republican, you're finished.
1: Well, certainly, if you voted for Trump right, if you're too conservative, right, they're very explicit about that, right, that, that they say Trump supporters are extremists, Trump supporters, you know, are adjacent to terrorists, sometimes they just say Trump supporters are terrorists, right, or Trump supporters are white supremacists, right, so they are certainly purging the military of uh, undesirable elements, right, as they the communists like to call them, undesirable elements to turn the military into a group that's led entirely by, you know, the sort of pro-Marxist, Pro oligarch uh, leaders, right—the people who will support the ultra-rich uh, in their quest to totally dominate the country and destroy what's left of American freedoms and, and grab more and more of the money and land and power for themselves—I don't know why they need to have thousands of troops in D.C. To, to be able to do this purge, you know. But maybe they do fear some of the parts of the military who are being purged that they're actually going to do something violent. I, I don't know. I don't
0: have any information. I, I don't think so. I, I think your, your, other, your other, your st- other no, I think your other, your other uh, uh, opinion, your other uh, idea is correct, and that is they want to make believe there's a real threat. They want to make believe uh, to scare people that there is, in fact, a real threat in this terrorist right-wing threat uh, around the country. Never mind that no right-wing group has eluded anything. And that one policeman, they insisted for a while, was murdered by these, uh, by these insurrectionists, uh, hit by a typewriter, actually had a heart attack. And so that that was an outright lie, and they knew it was a lie when they kept talking about it. Right. Well, they're doing all kinds
1: of interesting things. I mean, two of the Capitol police officers since the riot or, or protests on January 6th have supposedly committed suicide. I think these might be what I call Clinton suicide. And then there's also a third person, Officer Sicknick, so initially, it was claimed was bludgeoned to death, but the fire extinguisher they decided that isn't true. But they're not telling us how and why he died, right? So we have no police officers died uh, at the event, but two have supposedly committed suicide. A third, we don't know. Uh, then today, apparently, five or six Capitol Hill officers have been charged with helping the protesters or something. So there's some. The government is doing something to eliminate. Capital Police officers, they consider unreliable elements, right? Just like they're doing the same thing and eliminating, at least from high positions, persons of influence in the military, people they consider unreliable elements, right? And after they have finished purging the military of dissenters from the oligarch line, they will then have a military and a capital Police Force and so on that will do what they are told um, on behalf of the oligarchs, and behalf of the deep state, uh, and then we're going to really see You know, what's going to happen. So again, you know, my preference, of course, is for a peaceful solution. In fact, a legal solution as well as a peaceful solution and have the country peacefully partition with the petition with the permission of the federal government so that progressives and liberals can go their own way. Conservatives can go their own way. Black Americans can have African America if they want it. You know, they, they, they black Americans really want to have their own separate nation on this continent,
0: uh, that would be I, fine. I don't right? think that's true. I think the there's a, a deep, uh, a, lot, a lot of the uh, black American community, American blacks are deeply religious, deeply Christian, and uh, are uh, really uh, very much concerned about, uh, they don't know exactly how to express that concern, because they're told time and time again that their enemy is, conservatives, are enemy of Republicans, their enemy of Trump, despite the, all the good things Trump did to help the black community, and that only the Democrats can help them. But, you know, I always uh, like to quote uh, Malcolm X, the greatest uh, enemy of the American Negro is the white liberal.
1: Certainly. And the, fact, the personal religiosity of many black Americans is not really the point, right? Because what I'm talking about is not a religious project, but a political project. Right? When I talk about, you know, I'm tentatively calling my book Abolishing America, and I'm calling you know, the Christian part of America, the American Christian nation, it's a political project, not a religious one. The fact is the overwhelming majority of black Americans, whether they're religious or not, politically support the left, support liberals, support the Democratic Party, are very suspicious of white conservatives, are very suspicious of Republicans and Trump supporters, and so on and so forth. So the fact is that we're going to partition the country, I mean, Christian black people would certainly be welcome in the American Christian nation, so far as I'm concerned, but I don't think that there's just a lot who just don't want that. They've they've thrown in their lot, politically speaking, with white liberals, the Democratic Party and the the left. And so um, I think since we're talking about a political project, not a religious one, they're going to not want to join conservative America or the American Christian nation. At least most won't.
0: Well, I think that most may not, but you know, times do change. The, the, the black community was once solidly Republican, and even uh, through the uh, N- uh, Nixon got a substantial vote from the uh, uh, black community. Uh, it because uh, uh, Trump got the largest vote since Nixon, percentage wise. I mean, it's not a great big vote, but it, but it, but it is uh, who knows how that uh, that will happen in the future? You know. Um, I, I think uh, former Senator Purdue here is thinking of, make, I think he's announced that he's going to try and make a comeback against Warnock. Warnock, of course, has only got two years of the remainder of the term, uh, finishing the term. And so he's only got two years of uh, in there, and then uh, Purdue wants to come back. And, of course, if the Republicans can limit the number of fraudulent votes in Georgia and illegal votes, he would have a shot, and I also think that even though Warnock is black, I think that Purdue goes into the black community and talks about certain cultural issues, talks talks about school choice, talks about uh, boys making believe they're girls and girls making believe they're boys, uh, and, uh, and and in various other parts of the cultural agenda of the transsexual community. I think he can, and he can get, plus, of course, the, the tremendous, uh, uh, blacks are most likely to get abortions, and Planned Parenthood is very big on uh, uh, black abortions. Um, and, well, of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, <laughs> read her interview with the New York Times Magazine, right? What did she say? She said, well, you know, abortion is good. It gets rid of members of a population we want less of. Yeah, well, what, uh, what... <laughs> What population was that uh, justice Ginsburg so I think that that that, that Purdue if he plays his cards right can actually detach some black votes from Warnock not a lot but he could but you know just like Ron DeSantis did in Florida on the school choice issue the' there's a black candidate for governor of, of, of Florida and uh, he, he was against school choice he was a, a owned by the teachers' unions. DeSantis campaigned big time in those black communities that were concerned about the education of their children. And he was able to do better among the black community than any Republican in least recent memory. So, I, I Well,
1: certainly they're, they're the way to getting more minority more minority votes is through populism. populism right? Trump got the highest percentage of the black vote and of the Hispanic vote, and of the Asian vote, of any Republican presidential nominee since Nixon in 1960, right? Um, so I think that, you know, he's, he has shown the way, but of course we're still talking about minority percentages of all these groups, right? Right. The fact is, identity politics, racial politics is just more powerful. I don't expect that to change. I do think that, yes, you know, that Republicans can get more minority votes, Um if yes, they adopt an aggressive populist stance and talk about these other issues like transgenderism, et cetera, but I, I think the chance of them getting a majority fairly slim. But more fundamentally, I, I don't really see electoral politics as currently constituted really changing anything. I mean, the Republicans just kind of slow things down. That's really the primary value in voting for them, but I don't expect them to reverse the advances of the left. And so if you really want to reverse the advance of the left, you're going to have to come up with something much more fundamentally different than what we have going on right now. Uh, And again, as I say, I think, you know, because there are tens of millions of people in this country who do hate Christians and they hate conservatives and they hate Trump supporters. And, you know, they're really they really dedicated to all the, the nonsense that splitting up the country is really going to be the only long term solution, because any solution that keeps the country together means one group wins and imposes its will on the other. And uh, that's an unpleasant circumstance no matter who wins, but it's certainly most likely that the Marxist left is the one that's going to win anyway, right? So we need to think, you know, more creatively about what to do. And if if someone has a plan to, you know, save America as a whole and make it back into a conservative, freedom-loving country again, that's wonderful. I'd love to hear that plan. But certainly the 70 years of the conservative movement uh, has been pretty close to a total failure.
0: Well I wouldn't call it a total failure I mean it it, it, it did get uh, did get Reagan elected it, it didn't make some changes uh, it didn't deliver on a lot of their promises a smaller government but the American people don't want smaller government that's a problem they really don't and Most and, don't. And, and the American people don't don't want the the constitution constitutional government the the subversion of the constitution which uh you know, started in a big way with Woodrow Wilson, advanced with Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson and, uh, and uh, Clinton and Obama. They, uh, this, uh, and, and with the aid of the Supreme Court, of course, I mean, uh, one of the research projects I've got going is uh, tentatively titled Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the Subversion of the, uh, of the Constitution, or, or Ruth Bader Ginsburg subverting the Constitution, which, of course, mm-hmm. you know, she was very active in doing. Um, so, so, but, but the American people don't want to, would would not tolerate a constitutional government as, as envisioned by the founders.
1: They wouldn't. Right. that's, that's not realistic. The constitution is dead and it's not coming back. It's, it's, most American people wouldn't really want it back, uh, and, the fact is, American modern America today could not be governed by the Constitution. Modern America is not the late 18th century nation of yeoman farmers and self-reliant people and independent communities with strong Christian values, whether they're Christian or not. Right? They have very strong Christian values, and Americans today, most the vast majority of Americans, are not like that anymore. That kind of self-reliant, independent, virtuous living is is not. They're just not capable of it, right? It's beyond their capacity. And the founding fathers were very clear on this, right? That their constitution, their government they set up, was designed for virtuous, self-regulating population. Many of them were very explicit that it depended on a Christian population, right? And so if they were here right now, assuming they continue to believe what they said they believed back then, they would be the first to agree with me to say, that's right, modern America cannot have the constitution we wrote. You don't deserve it. You're not good enough for it. You're going to need heavier... Bigger government because you're too vice-ridden and too disorganized and don't believe anything and etc. To live under the kind of constitution that we created for a very different country 200 years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, nowadays whenever something happens, the the uh, they demand action by the federal government. I can remember when Grover Cleveland uh, reading about Grover Cleveland when he was president and he vetoed a bill that from congress that uh, provided for $10,000 worth of aid to some farmers who were uh, wiped out by a flood in mississippi and he said this is unconstitutional uh, it's i we feel very bad but you know i'll pass the hat we'll get raised money voluntarily or the states can can raise it but it's not one of the uh, duties and and, and uh, uh, of the federal government. It's, go. it's not permitted by the Constitution for us to do that. that
1: days are gone. Yeah, I read in a little in a history article that the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, which was much worse than COVID, Woodrow yes. Wilson, the president, said nothing about it ever. <laughs> he made he said nothing. He may have been fairly ill by then, but uh, he said nothing about it. Publicly, it just wasn't the president's job to deal with the with the Spanish, right?
0: I think we're up against the end of the show. Thank you very much, Joseph. It was uh, quite an interesting show. A little more pessimistic than I would be, but uh, the points uh, well taken. And your what you've said over the years, unfortunately, have uh, proven pretty accurate as prophecies. Uh, thank you for listening.